listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, got a Jeep, want a Jeep, never driven anything but Jeeps? Well, this show's for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Hey, Josh, uh, I think we should get right into our big BF Goodrich winners giveaway. And the grand prize winner is... Wait, 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 no, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, Tony, we talked about this. this. <laughs> I know, the whole instant gratification this. thing. We're not going to start with this. We have to make them wait a little bit, you know, at least or at least make them, at least make them fast forward a bunch. I, you know, something. Tammy, what do you think? Should we wait? Right? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, Josh, you know, I'd kind of like to know, too. You know, Tony ah. wouldn't tell us. <laughs> but hey, I think Tony, we should wait till next week. In fact, I'm going to make the decision. Yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's take a vote. <laughs> so, All those in favor of waiting till next week, say aye. Now, now, aye. now it's November, so that means we can start talking about Christmas, right? How no. dare you? <laughs> so, uh, Tony, we always, we, no, wait, wait, wait. We always open our presents on December 24th. How about you guys? No, I Christmas. used to when I was younger, but not anymore. Oh, okay. So I guess we'll have to wait. <laughs> no. Tony, what else is coming up on this episode? Well, we're going to have, and I, I swear to God, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure we got it recorded. We're going to have Ryan Huck with Extreme Terrain. As you may recall, that was uh, our pr- previous uh, interview with him was one of the best interviews we had ever done in the history of the Jeep Talk Show podcast. So we're going to have him on tonight. We have a story about a big bad wolf that blew a house over, but a group of oh, jeepers, no. yeah, a group of jeepers stepped in to help. Uh, I wonder if they beat the hell out of the wolf. That's what I, I don't know. We'll have to find out. Oh, that uh, poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> so in Wrangler Talk, uh, uh, Tammy's going to tell us about her friend Rusty. Uh, Steve continues his axle information with the Dana 44, and Nikki G has a bad case of chicken. <gasps> no, he's not contagious, is he? <laughs> oh, we chicken, not chicken pox. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was just thinking if it was wonderful if it had sauce or, you know, like fettuccine Alfredo and chicken. That would be really good. Oh, I don't want to think of Nikki G and creamy sauce in the same. Oh, no, that's just. No. The, God, the, the God, good God, news God, is. God, 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 it bleaks my brain. <laughs> the good news is you have some foil available to keep it warm. Any leftovers will be warm after that. And, uh, of course, we're going to have much, much more. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Are you looking for some deep discounts on Halloween candy? Well, maybe you need some pain reliever for those new cavities that you just discovered. (laughs) Regardless of what you're looking for, Amazon has it. And of course, you can help out the Jeep Talk Show by shopping on Amazon. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and there you will see an Amazon logo. That, once clicked, will take you right to amazon.com, where anything you purchase over the next 24 hours will have a small percentage donated to help out the show. Thanks in advance, of course. Well, Hurricane Michael damage brings a Jeep club to the rescue. Hurricanes are no laughing matter. They're vicious, destructive forces of nature that can turn an entire town on its roof. And this last month, that's exactly what happened to a homeowner in Panama City, Florida, who was struck by a historically large and deadly hurricane named Michael. 
150 mile per hour sustained winds found very little resistance as it slammed into the Florida Panhandle three weeks ago. Just like so many others, Derek and Andrea Clifton were hit especially hard. As Michael hit land, the Cliftons evacuated to Mississippi, leaving most of their belongings behind. An unimaginable situation for most of us, to be sure. What's even harder to imagine is the sight that greeted them upon returning home. It looks like a nuclear bomb went off here, they said. There's more on the ground than there is standing, said Derek. The Clifton single-wide manufactured home was flipped almost completely upside down, resting on a car and against a neighbor's house. All of their belongings still inside, exposed, and tossed around like a shaken martini. Filled with a situation of this caliber, there's not much any of us would do outside of putting our face in our hands and crying. Rigging teams aren't cheap, and getting a crane into a disaster area for a residential job in any amount of what could be considered a reasonable amount of time would be nearly impossible. Derek began the arduous task of facing the inevitable. Paying a boatload of money to have somebody bring a crane, God knows when, out from God knows where, to turn the house back onto its foundation. Derek was forced, uh, focused on retrieving irreplaceable sentimental items like pictures and family heirlooms and also preparing the house to be removed from the property so that they could rebuild. He estimated the total cost of flipping and then removing the house would have been well over $12,000. Not exactly chump change, especially for a lot of us. Derek had mentioned to his, his dilemma to a friend of his who reached out to a friend of his, a fellow Baja Jeep Club member, asking if anybody wanted to attempt to winch the house back onto its foundation. He shared with the club a photo that Derek had posted to Facebook showing the empty lot and an overturned house next to it. The response was both quick and amazing. Roughly 30 people showed up last weekend in over a dozen Jeeps. In one of the videos that has nearly gone viral by, by this point, you can see roughly a dozen Jeep CJs and Wranglers using their winches to pull on straps looped around the home's frame. I've never seen anything like it. A dozen winch lines, all with blankets and floor mats on them, all attached to a freaking overturned house. Through amazing teamwork and a great deal of patience and coordination, the Jeeps brought the home crashing into an upright position. Over the last several weeks, a number of other members in the organization had been working to help people affected by the hurricane. They'd even set up a shop inside of a warehouse offered up by one of the members' employees using the location to coordinate operations to use their Jeeps to bring people food, water, toiletries, clothes, and other desperately needed supplies. Some members have been winching trees from roads and driveways, and some have even been housing other members who have lost their homes in the hurricane. Several members of the Bay Area Jeep Association, or Baja for short, have voiced just how much the success of this endeavor has meant to them. After seeing so much devastation and loss, it was just a huge relief to have such a good moment among so much tragedy. Now, I'm sure nobody appreciated it more than Derek and Andrea Clifton, however, but it wasn't all great for them, though, as they did lose quite a bit in the storm, including their marriage license and irreplaceable family pictures. There is a happy ending to all this, though. The Cliftons were approved for a new house, which they may even have erected in as little as three weeks. Derek saved over ten grand with the help of a local Jeep club, paying only $2,500 to have his old house removed after the Jeepers stuck around all day from 10 a.m. to late into the na- that night, helping him move things to his storage shed and just hanging out over a hot meal. When they came together, they said they didn't want a dime from me. They were doing it out of the kindness of their heart, Derek said. They knew the risk they were taking, but they, weren't, but they went through it anyways, and they succeeded with it. If you want to see the video of this amazing feat these Jeepers took on, well, we'll have a link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com.
You know, I, I think one of the things that always gets me, and, and maybe I do a little too much uh, Tammy eye rolling uh, when I see situations uh, that uh, people think they have to have professionals. They think that they can't work on an engine or they can't work on their vehicle or they can't do their own brake job or they can't change their own oil. You know, there was somebody that came up with that, uh, the, the, the belief that they could do it uh, many, many, many years ago. And they made a livelihood out of it. So <laughs> if somebody else can do it, so can you. And, and in this situation, even though this was this is quite dangerous and somebody could have uh, been hurt or even uh, Jeeps damaged if they had uh, if the, the trailer had continued to roll and uh, rolled onto a Jeep or even an individual that wasn't uh, where mm. they should be. Yeah. Um, I, I love this type of story because it shows what you can do and what you can do, not only yourself individually, but what you can do is just a, a few uh, friends. I mean, $10,000, my God, that's a huge chunk of change. I mean, that's that's like gas in a Jeep for a year. I mean, that's how much he saved yeah, just by exactly. these Jeepers coming together and, and helping him out. I mean, just an emotional story just on the surface and you start getting into it and and hearing about these people coming together and these guys didn't know each other. I mean, this is just a sort of a friend of a friend of a friend helping somebody else out type of thing. And I mean, this, this, uh, the Derek, uh, the Derek guy, uh, the, the victim in all this, basically the guy whose house was, uh, was blown over. Um, after all this, he very much wants a Jeep. <laughs> I uh, read into the story a little bit more. And, uh, although they can't afford it, especially after all the loss they, uh, just, uh, incurred, uh, having a Jeep is certainly at the top of his list. Now, uh, some other news that they're just coming in about this, they're, even though they were approved for a new home uh, and ostensibly could have it erected in three weeks uh, because of the severity of this hurricane and the fact that virtually the entire town is leveled. I mean, there's not a whole lot for them to go back to. I mean, even if they rebuilt, the entire town still has to be rebuilt. Uh, so they're actually thinking about moving um, to uh, Derek's home state in Kentucky. Oh, so, wow. uh, yeah. I mean, quite a big move there for them. Uh, they don't know what they're going to do yet. Uh, everything is kind of still up in the air. I'm, I'm sure um, insurance is going to have some you know, things to say about it all and whatnot. I'm sure there's a ton of red tape they're going to have to go through. But it sounds like uh, you know, the biggest hurdle uh, they had to overcome is now behind them, uh, getting their belongings back, what they could salvage and what they could recover. And, uh, and of course, you know, saving a ton of money uh, by the generosity of this local Jeep club. Yeah, it's great. Great love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Well, it's official. The word was announced right after we aired this last week's show. Jeep is officially planning to, quote, premiere a pickup truck at the Los Angeles oh. Auto Show next month. Now, we all know what that means. It's scrambler time. Well, up until now, we weren't really sure when the Wrangler-based pickup was going to make its debut, or even where for that matter. But that's not a problem anymore. Now, everything is still speculation, but we're expecting the Jeep truck to offer both the Wrangler V6 and a turbo four-cylinder powertrains at the time of launch. Now, I know, I know, not exactly the workhorse power plants that we were expecting out of this vehicle, but I think we can anticipate the diesel engine showing up at some point down the road, likely going to be beginning of next year when we see that trim package, but almost certainly not going to be seeing the diesel at this auto show. For now, however, we're just going to have to be content with getting our first unrestricted glimpse at the first Jeep pickup made in decades. 
So can you do every? Can you do towing with uh, just gears? I figure you'd have to have a, 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 mm. a, a at least a decent motor if you're going to be able to tow anything. And the tow capacity, if I remember correctly, you're talking about was was fairly substantial, at least compared to a to a Wrangler. Um, so oh, well, it's, it's it's substantially more than a Wrangler, um, and on par with some of the other full size pickups out yeah. on the market. So I mean, it, it, you can't do that with a turbo four cylinder as as. Much as that thing is probably going to be capable of putting out some decent horsepower, the torque isn't going to be there. Yeah. You've got to have the torque for towing, and a little four banger isn't going to have it. I mean, regardless of how it's aspirated. Uh, so you know the the V6 definitely going to have some uh, towing abilities, not a lot yeah. again. But the diesel, I believe, is where the numbers are going to be coming from. We're going to see the torque. We're going to see the horsepower. We're going to see the workhorse that we we're expecting out of this platform to be coming with those numbers that we're going to see with the diesel. I'm, I'm just a little concerned now. I mean, uh, I, I, there was never any talk about having a V8 in there, but if you're going to be no. if you're going to be doing a full size pickup type towing capacity, you, you need something. So maybe maybe they're doing some of this V6 that uh, we're not aware of yet. But it just those the V6 and towing just really don't seem to go along well to get in, in my mind. Certainly not when we think about using this Jeep for towing another Jeep, you know, as right. it were. So, yeah, the V6, definitely not going to be the power plant for that type of operation. Now, as a general work truck, as, you know, for your average homeowner, oh, sure. you know, towing a trailer with some bark dust or something like that, no problems at all. They can do it all day long and do it with a smile. Uh, but if you're going to be getting into some serious work or any kind of serious towing or towing another vehicle... Well, the V6 and certainly the, the four-banger turbo is just not going to cut it. Good so, Lord, man. Yeah. I got to tow my Jeep with this. I need something <laughs> better than a V6. So I'm really, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it down to the LA Auto Show myself. What the uh, hell? And we're, it's not Where'd all the be, money think, go? Yeah, right. We sent you a check. <laughs> <laughs> Did you now? <laughs> yeah, no, the check's and, uh, in It's the in the mail. mail. Yeah. 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 I think it's uh, January, February, or March that the Auto Show, International Auto Show comes uh, to oh, Portland out you here. Be, so, you can't be there that long. Well, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it down to the show for uh, this year for the debut as much as I would like to. So hopefully we're going to have some fans down there uh, or somebody uh, that's associated with the show that can uh, maybe ask some of the hard questions of the people down at the Jeep uh uh, the Jeep area or, or Reveal, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And get, get some of these answers that, that we're long looking for. So I think next week is, or not next week, uh, the, towards the end of the month, I think it's, uh, uh, towards the end of November that, um, that the auto show is happening. Uh, we're going to start seeing right before no December coming a whole bunch of information about the Jeep pickup. Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'd sure like to hear what you have to say. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email. You can do it any number of ways. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how you can reach out to us. And coming up here later in the show, we're going to give it one more shot, an interview with Extreme Terrain's video host, Ryan Huck. So don't go anywhere. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. This is Steve, 4.3 LXJ, with another Jeep tip, and I'm going to make a liar out of myself and say that this is not the last, nor was the other one the last on the series of the Dana 30 axle, but it's going to be the last, you've already heard the last, rather, of the series on individual technical improvements you can do on the Dana 30. Now, why did I say all of this and do it in such a slow, methodical manner? Well, the answer is, is that most of us just can't afford a seven to $9,000 Dynatrack axle upgrade. 
And I'm in that camp too. So what can I do to make my current Dana 30 axle better? Well, I start nickel and diming things. A hundred or two here, a few hundred there. And what do I want to end up with? Well, if I was going to do an ultimate Dana 30 axle buildup that's affordable and that can be done in increments, I would choose, first of all, the old school Dana 30 full spindle knuckles found on earlier Jeeps that'll bolt onto your Dana 30 axle with 30 spline axles, automatic locker, and uh, a reed racing knuckle with a high steer option, and that would give you my number one choice, and I could run 37-inch tires on that all day, every day, and never have a problem. My number two choice would be almost the same, except that in addition to those 30-spline axles, I would run the WJ knuckle and front brakes, which give you the high steer option uh, already built in, and it gives you a much improved braking uh, ability, and it makes your Jeep safer. Either one is fine with me. Now, I wouldn't run anything over probably a 35-inch tire on that particular option because of the unit bearings, and uh, we'll address that in other uh, episodes as we continue on. So, from there, now we're going to start trans transitioning into the Dana 44 axle as we get a little bit more modern here. And we're going to start a new series now on the Dana 44 front axle. And this is a unique axle, and so we have a few things we have to say about this. The Dana 44 front axle for a Jeep came about in the TJ Rubicon series, and it was a result of an inquiry by Jeep to various um, off-road magazine editors, which are all owned by the same company now, pretty much, uh, they asked, what would you want in the ultimate off-the-showroom floor vehicle? And they said, well, we want lockers, and we want a four-to-one transfer case. Well, they said, okay. And so they came up with what they call the Rubicon model. Now, this Dana 44 that was in the TJ Rubicons is not the same Dana 44, for instance, that was in half-ton pickups and uh, Scout 2s and uh, the Dana 44 that was in Broncos and so forth. This Dana 44 was actually a hybrid between a Dana 30 and a Dana 44. And they did this for a couple of reasons. One is, is that they wanted to be able to start using all the same parts. And so from the knuckles out, or actually from the C's out, they could use the same stuff they were using for the Dana 30. So they went with the lighter tubes, they went with the lighter C's, they went with the same ball joints, same brakes, and stub shafts on the axles, unit bearings, all that stuff. And the other consideration was this. They wanted to use a locker that was idiot-proof. And one of the things we have to say about lockers is you have to ha be a little smarter than the average bear when you use them because driving with them on the street uh, may not be quite the same as when you're slow and off-road. And so uh, they wanted a vehicle that was safe driving in snow and slick conditions and that the average person would find fairly idiot-proof. 
And so if you want to market something like this, you want to use a selectable locker. So they went with a locker you could turn on and off, and they linked the ability to do that to be in low range so that you wouldn't be traveling at speed on the highway and engage your lockers on ice because that would mean that you would get a great view of where you've been and where you're going and what's going on on both sides very quickly. So they also had to, in order to use selectable lockers, which means that every wheel is going to be going the same speed, which is even tough on dry pavement because of differences in tire sizes and so forth. You start going around corners, you get loose traction and great traction and things like that, and you end up with a differential that is not going to hold up. And where it's going to fail in the 30 series Dana axles is the ring and pinion. And so they had to beef up that center pumpkin in order to use selectable lockers. So they made the decision to go to a hybrid axle in the front, which is a combination of the Dana 30 and the Dana 44. And that gives us some unique situations. And we're going to be addressing that a little more in further series. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, is it the transfer case, transmission, or something else? We'll be troubleshooting a drivability issue on a Grand Cherokee later in the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And if you guys didn't know, the 4x4 Radio Network has something for anybody who's into 4x4 stuff. That's right. We've got all sorts of off-road audio there for you. And it's not all Jeep, everybody. We've got something there for just about everybody. The 4x4 podcast is there. The Center Steer podcast is there. Trail Chasers podcast. And even the On the Trail podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything off-road audio related. And it's all free. Go to 4x4radionetwork.com today and check it out. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. So I thought I, it's, you know, old man winter's coming and everybody's prepping their Jeeps for um, the winter snow and all that salt. And um, I know I talked recently about um, getting rid of the rust on my Jeep and I just haven't gotten to it yet. So I hope I get get to it this weekend and I thought you know I'm going to go look back at my pictures that I took the before and afters um, this past spring when I did some rust removal and I did my top five rust removal items suggested by the jeepers and I wanted to compare to see how my bumper has fared with these um, products that I put on them and what I did is I tested out um, five products that Jeepers suggested to me. One of them was Permatex Rust Treatment, Rustoleum Rust Remover, Oshfo, Cora Seal, and then using the Rust and Paint Stripper Wheel. Um, and what I had found at the time that I felt were my top items that I liked was the Oshfo and the Cora Seal. So I was going to you know, go work on my Jeep this weekend. And so I went out this more or this afternoon and looked at my bumper and compared it to the pictures. And I've got to tell you, um, I'm not happy. The rust has, uh, it's not as bad in those spots where I used these two different um, rust treatments. 
but it is coming back and it's almost like um like the whole bumper is just infected with this rust and it keeps growing and growing because now it's really bad on the front of my bumper where um, the tow hooks are, the tow points. And it's just like spreading. And um, so now I'm just wondering if I'm just not sanding down the bumper enough or if it's just it's under the powder coat and if I should just remove it all. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try, um, I think what I like the best is the Cora Seal. And so I'm just going to do the whole front bumper in the Cora Seal. And I'm going to have to peel away because you can see the black powder coat is still on the bumper. But underneath, you can feel like you can push down on the powder coat and it moves. So you know underneath it's been infected. So I think I'm just going to probably strip all those little spots down and just soak it um, in this Cora Seal because I don't think I soaked it good enough and that's why some of the spots have come back. So that's my big project for the weekend. Um, I was thinking about doing it last weekend, but it was really, really rainy and um, wet out and I just didn't think that would be a good time to try to get rid of rust because rust loves water. So anyway, I'm going to try it one more time. And then if that doesn't work, I guess I, it's time to get a new bumper or just... <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Or I was also thinking of maybe um, taking it off and taking it to... We have a finisher guy at the elevator company where I work. He does all sorts of finishing with bronze and stainless steel and and all those materials and have him just sand that sucker down and prep it properly and I know it's probably that's probably kind of pointless too because I do take it off-roading and I do scrape up against trees I do scrape up against rocks and so that's you know it's gonna continue to do this and it's just I guess it's just part of living in the the northeast so uh, anyway, I don't think that you're entirely at the end of your rope, though, Tammy. Uh, you're you're to a certain extent right that the the rust is spreading. I mean, it's it's very much like a disease or like a cancer, um, right? And and it, it's basically turning that the iron in that steel uh, into iron oxide. It's oxidizing that, and that's that's the rust that you see. Um, uh, if you just sand off the rusty spot you're not necessarily getting rid of the rust. You got to get down to bare steel. You got to get down to shiny metal. And even then mm -hmm. you're not hundred percent guaranteed that you've removed all of the rust and it can just come back much like a right. cancer. Unless you cut out all of that tumor, you're not going to, it's going to come back and it's going to haunt you. Um, extremely difficult to do, especially in the, uh, in, in the rust belt, the salt belt, um, especially in climates where, you know, you're almost going to have to stay on top of this seasonally, um, you know, a, a, a constant battle with this. Uh, in your case, Tammy, where you've got rust that is spreading along the metal underneath the powder coat, um, that, that's evidence of a few things going on. One, you didn't get a very good powder coat job done. Um, and two, that you have a deeper rust issue than than what you're seeing on the surface. My advice in your case and in anybody who's in a, a similar case to Jeep Mom is here is to get that bumper off of the Jeep and strip it. Um, 
because the, the, the powder coating, the, the bad powder coating isn't going to stop there. The rust isn't going to stop just where you can see it. It's going to spread and it's eventually going to take over that entire bumper and spread to your frame. Um, it could spread to mounting locations, uh, threads and nuts and, and weld nuts and all that sort of stuff in places that you basically don't want it. So uh, get that powder coat off, get that thing stripped down to as, you know, bare steel as you can. Yes, it's going to require a lot of elbow grease. Um, it's not going to be an easy job. It's going to take probably a full weekend. It's going to be a lot of work. But when you're done, you'll be able to maximize the most out of that core coat or, or uh, whatever that, that stuff is, that, that rust seal. converter. Yeah, the core yeah. seal. Um, it's going to make the most out of that. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be forcing that core seal to work very, very hard and fight things like paint and uh, uh, powder coat and stuff like that. It's stuff it's not meant to do. It's not, it, it can't chemically treat and convert uh, stuff like powder coating and paint. So get it down to the bare metal as much as you can. Get that uh, uh, the, the, the rust converter on there. Get it working. And then get that whole thing stripped again, get all the chemicals off of it and do a good acid etch primer. A lot of the, a lot of the rust converters that I see out there, they, they claim that it converts the rust into a primer like mm -hmm. substance. It's not going to have a chemical bond. It's not really going to have as good of a chemical bond that a true acid etching primer is going to have and which is going to seal that paint. It's going to seal that metal up. Um, otherwise you're, you're, you're just going to be sort of doing this once every three months. I, I, I can see. Yeah. So getting that bumper off, getting it stripped, getting it down to the paint, getting the treatment done, and then getting a good base coat of acid etch primer that actually, you know, it, it, it makes a chemical bond with the metal. In which case, then you can have a much better bond with your paint to that primer. And you're going to be doing a lot less maintenance over the year dealing with rust issues. My uh, my personal uh, feeling about this, with absolutely no uh, experience in in this area, is uh, your main problem is uh, powder coat. Uh, there is no good powder coat. Uh, it it gets damaged, stuff gets underneath it, and then you got to take it off, and it's a lot of trouble to get rid of. Don't get powder coat. If you're going to use your your Jeep as a Jeep and take it off road, you're going to get uh, little dings, or you're going to get scrapes. Buy something bare metal and rattle can it. And then when you have these issues, issues, it's not going to be that difficult to fix. Or I just move. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have the problem no matter where you go. It, it will be uh, of varying degrees, but you're gonna have the same problem wherever you go. So I, I don't buy powder coat. I, I just don't. It, it, yeah. it, it does not make sense if you're going to use the Jeep as a Jeep. There, there are powder coating methods um, which can stand up to the rigors of some off-road use, but even that, you know, you're going to get rock dings and stuff like yeah. that. It, it's not bulletproof. Well, like sliders, you know, you know, sliders are going to get uh, the 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 the, oh, yeah. the stuff peeled off of them. Little accessories, trim, you know, things that you use to customize your Jeep and make it your own. That's not armor. That kind of stuff can be powder coated, absolutely, and it looks and works great. But stuff like armor that comes in contact with rocks or stuff that's close to the road, it's, it's you know, in, in the way of, you know, gravel and, and other things that can get kicked up and, and, uh, and hit it and whatnot. It's just not, not the ultimate solution for that. So, uh, yeah, Tammy, I wish you the best of luck, you know, in this. It's, it's going to be a little bit of an arduous uh, uh, a job to yeah. do it. Uh, you might want to, you know, get, get a, uh, some, you know, folks from the local Jeep club or something like that to help you out. Maybe do a little work party, you know, type of thing or something like that. But uh 
but yeah, this is going to be something where, you know, it's, you're going to have to put in a, a fair amount of elbow grease. Maybe even just take my, my bumpers off and put the stock ones back on until I get it done, huh? No! I, yeah, I, 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 couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't drive around like that and the, the, no. be the shame of the Jeep world. This, but Tony's, Tony's thing, right. I was going to Go say ahead. the sad thing is the, the Jeep is our family car now. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I might have to do something about that. I don't know. Time to get a uh, sidecar for the uh, Mercedes. Yeah. But Tony, Tony's right, though, Tammy. Uh, you know, rust is going to show up pretty much no matter what. Steel starts rusting in open air the moment that it's exposed. Um, it, just mm-hmm. the longer that it's exposed is, you know, the more we start seeing that oxidation show up. So, uh, to give you an example, uh, both my bumper and my steering uh, linkage, both steel, um, and we're both painted with the same paint, uh, just different prep procedures. And my tie rod, my, my steering linkage underneath, has a lot of chips and a lot of rust. My bumper does not. Uh, and that's primarily because I took a lot more time prepping the bumper than I did my steering linkage. So uh, using, you know, the, the stripper, stripping agents, um, uh, using a good acid etch primer, it makes all the difference in the world. Your prep, when it comes to painting and protecting metal, prep is 99% of it. Yeah, that's what they keep saying. Well, thank you for your advice. And if anyone else, if you have any advice out there, give me a, give me a call. Uh, go over to the Jeep Talk Show contact page and call the voicemail line and let me know what you think I should be doing. And coming up later in the show, I think Nikki G gave us a call. So let's listen up to see what he has to say in a couple minutes. Some sort of chicken recipe, I think, is what it is. Uh, it's always good. Always good. And especially with uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Here get, we go. You'll, you'll get the relevance of that in a bit. So, uh, you know, we haven't had reviews in, in quite a while, at least not mm. on, not on Facebook. We had uh, an iTunes review a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you guys, uh, if uh, if you're enjoying the show, if you like the show and, and you feel like it, go over to uh, Facebook.com slash uh, uh, reviews and uh, give us a little review. We, we love hearing it. We love reading them uh, here on the show. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Sam D. wrote into the show recently asking about a problem he was having in his 2007 Grand Cherokee. The Grands are often overlooked as too much of a soccer mom platform to be considered seriously as an off-road rig. However, these Jeeps make an excellent overland or excursion rig, getting you way out into the wilderness and back home, doing it in style and comfort. Now, of course, as the history of the Grand Cherokee goes, they are also loaded with a ton of extras and tech that you won't or don't find in many of other Jeeps, especially the older generations. One such piece of tech is an electronically controlled limited slip differential. I know, there's a mouthful for you. And it is here in that component where we find the answer to Sam's dilemma. And he writes in, he says, I recently bought a 2007 Jeep Grand Cherokee with 72,000 on the odometer, a Hemi engine and the Quadradrive 2 system. The other day, I was pulling out of my driveway and I turned onto the street when I heard this binding groaning noise coming from the front end, almost like the Jeep was in four-wheel drive when it wasn't. This noise continued every time I turned for maybe 10 minutes or so and then suddenly went away. It does this about every time, it does this uh, just about every time it's cold, but the noise goes away once the Jeep warms up. Everything looks to be in great shape on the front end with nothing visually wrong. No lights or codes either. The only thing I can figure is that maybe something is wrong with the transfer case. Any ideas? Well, first off, big thanks to Sam for taking the time to write in. 
Problems like this can cause many of us to delve into a full-blown panic attack as it's generally pretty scary when something affects the drivability of our Jeeps, especially when it's something internal and not easily diagnosed like a flat tire or blown radiator. Oddly enough, this issue is somewhat common to this generation of the Grand Cherokee, but the forum jockeys will blame it on everything from using the wrong oil and differentials to bad control arm bushings, of all things. However, we also find a few stories of repair shops and dealerships having misdiagnosed the issue as a problem with the transfer case and have handed customers a big repair bill for a couple thousand dollars or more, all while not fixing the problem. With such low miles on Sam's Grand Cherokee, I highly doubt that the transfer case is Sam's problem. Thankfully, the common fix for this common issue is less than 100 bucks. The QuadraDive 2 is a pretty neat but rather complicated full-time four-wheel drive system. The NV245J transfer case has full-time high, as well as four high and four low selectability. In full-time mode, there is a clutch pack in the transfer case that sends varying amounts of power to the front and rear axles, depending on traction conditions. This is why it's able to be driven in, well, four-wheel drive, essentially, on dry pavement. This is virtually the exact same transfer case that's in the QuadraTrack 2 systems in the earlier WJ Grand Cherokees. But what makes the QuadraDrive different from the QuadraTrack systems is uh, the electronically controlled front and rear limited slip differentials, or ELSDs. Both the clutch in the transfer case and the ELSDs are hooked up to the traction control system, which is a computer that can regulate the amount of slip between the front and rear outputs while also varying the amount of slip allowed between the tires on each axle. According to the factory literature, the ELSDs can be entirely unlocked just like an open differential and can add varying amounts of resistance to the point where they can even fully lock up, making them act just like a locking differential. That's a lot of moving parts and electronic gadgetry, but as long as everything is working, well, the system is pretty capable. But of course, sometimes things don't work like they should or for as long as they should, and occasionally we need to get in there and do some maintenance or repairs. The ELSDs are controlled by a solenoid that regulates the amount of slip allowed between the tires. This solenoid can start sticking, which causes the limited slip to tighten, uh, tighten up when it really shouldn't. The traction control system doesn't know that the solenoid is stuck, and there is no data feedback that, that, that could transmit this information even if it were available, so the solenoid sticks and you're left with a drivability issue and no codes and no lights on the dash and uh, warning you that there's a problem. For whatever reason, once the oil in the differential starts warming up, the solenoid frees up and starts working as it should, and the problem essentially goes away. For equally unknown reasons, this sticky solenoid issue usually only happens on the front axle. It could be simply because the front tires spin at you know different rotating speeds more often than the rear tires, or it could be that the front sticking is simply more noticeable because, well, that's where the steering happens. I think you may have this problem. Well, let's find out. Here's what you do. Let the vehicle sit overnight, then with the Jeep in park, jack up the front end so that both tires are off the ground. Front tires should spin opposite, either, uh, opposite of each other uh, with very little resistance, just like an open differential. If they don't, lower the vehicle and drive it around until things heat up and the binding noise goes away. Jack the vehicle up once again and see if the front tires spin freely. You know, if they do, well, you have a sticky solenoid. If they don't, we'll disconnect the pigtail on top of the front differential housing and spin the tires again. If they free up, then there's likely a wiring or some other electronic issue, and you may need to take it into the shop after all. If it is determined that you do have a sticky solenoid, then you're in luck. Fortunately, a genuine Mopar ELSD solenoid can be had for about 60 bucks.
The service manual calls for removing the entire front differential to change it, but trust me, that's not really all that necessary. Unbolting the front mount allows the differential to rotate enough to remove the inspection cover on the front axle without tearing apart the whole front end. The solenoid itself is a very simple removal and reinstallation. Now, don't forget to add friction modifier to the gear oil when you fill it all back up, and be sure to use 75-140 synthetic gear oil as uh, you don't want to use the regular stuff. It's a job that can be done in an evening or an afternoon and with basic hand tools, so don't be too scared to dive in. If you're experiencing a problem like this, do the check that I mentioned and then go from there. And we wish you the best of luck. Sam, I hope this helps out, and uh, thanks again for writing into the show. Boy, I uh, I wish I had gone with uh, the Grand Cherokee when I was at the uh, Jeep dealership back in uh, 97, 98, whenever it was. Maybe it was 99. And uh, they had the Grand Cherokee sitting right over there. Uh, it was twenty four thousand for the uh, for the XJ, or I could have paid thirty two thousand for the Grand and be having oh boy all this fun solenoids yeah. <laughs> in the differential. Oh my God! Come, good Lord! Yeah, there's there's some tech for you, huh? <laughs> it's not exactly something you'd you'd expect to find uh, no. in a solenoid there. So no, give me give me the simplicity of a Cherokee or a TJ any day. Hmm. I mean, I thought having the uh, the the uh, vacuum disconnects on the uh, the front drive shaft of a Cherokee was bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyway, good uh, good information. I don't know where you pull these things out, Josh. That uh, I've never heard such a thing. Well, you know, people write into the show. They got these uh, you know crazy tech issues and, and questions going on. They need some troubleshooting help. And I've I've seen just about everything under the sun. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm no expert. I've just happened to have had my hands in a lot of Jeeps over the years and fairly mechanically inclined, so I'm able to point you guys in the right direction. But if there's anything you'd like to add to any one of these, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, we'll just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, send us a message, and who knows, you might just get your answer or your question answered here on the show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Well, we were damn pleased to have Brandon from uh, BF Goodrich on the show uh, last week, mm-hmm. and boy, they just gave us some amazing prizes to give away. And uh, stay tuned to later in the show, and we'll tell you. Well, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. We're gonna we're gonna tell you now. <laughs> but we had a lot of calls. Uh, Tammy, uh, Josh, I know you guys know the uh, know this because I I whine about it all the time in chat. I was so concerned that we weren't going to have very many calls. Josh is like, at, what was it? As if? What were the? Yeah, right. The I, was, other I, was, I, think, I think I called it last week. I was like, I, I, we're going to have a winner before eleven, and the show is you know published at nine a.m. And I was going to, we're going to have this done in two or three hours tops, and I was pretty much right to the minute. It was pretty good. <laughs> so one of the things that we did, uh, I, I did, was I was just so excited about this. I didn't write down what what uh, what I needed to say. Uh, it's like one of the scene from one of, from one of the movies, like stick to the cards, you know, don't, don't go from your heart, just stick from the cards. And, uh, what we did was we said, okay, this is what you got, you got to do. And oh, by the way, you got to do the phrase that pays. So we had a number of calls where people were calling in and say, oh yeah, I got to have those BFGs. Thanks very much. Blah, blah, blah. I love you guys. And then, Hey, it's me again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole show, uh, so I'm yeah. calling again. And, uh, <laughs> Here's the phrase that pays. So I, I really am sorry about that, but you know, you you, you got to listen. You got to listen to all of it. And uh, but we, uh, it was just so much fun uh, having all those calls come in, listening to all the great uh, messages that were left. 
And, uh, you know, we do all that stuff with Google Voice. And uh, there was a number of calls that said, I love my cheese. So that's oh, how it, that's how it, because, <laughs> yeah, the Google Translate was reading, yeah. you know, or hearing it and translating as cheese instead of BFGs. Yeah. And, and being a big cheese <laughs> fan, I uh, certainly understand. So uh, thank you to everyone that called in. But yeah, the, the, the first 20 callers uh, happened within, uh, the, they, they started about 15 minutes after the show was released. And wow. yeah, and uh, the first 20 callers were done in an hour from that. So uh, thank you to the, the folks calling in, e- even those of you that called in today because <laughs> it was happening all week long. And it was a lot of fun interacting with a lot of you guys. I had one person uh, ask, uh, we were going back and forth and uh, uh, texting back and forth uh, from the Google chat. And uh, they said, uh, is this uh, is this Tony? And I said, yeah, it is because uh, Tammy and Josh are social media slackers. So yeah, yeah it's going to be Tony. <laughs> it's going to be Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were chatting with uh, with uh, Jeep Talk Show on uh, the Google uh, Voice uh, thing, that was uh, that was me, and I uh, really enjoyed several of the conversations we had. Way cool, way cool. So obviously we have some winners. We have a a, a runner up, a first runner up, and a grand prize uh, uh, to give away. So three prizes that were given away all from BF Goodrich Tires. Uh, and thanks to our guest last week for for supplying those, uh, by the way. So, uh, Tony, do we have some names to throw out there? Are we going to give everybody their phone number and let everybody else call them and, and tell mail. them how upset they are? <laughs> no, we probably won't be doing that. Well, first off, I want to play uh, this little montage of all the calls that we got, Josh. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Alyssa. I'm a Jeep girl. Uh, my name's Chris. Adam. I'm from Minnesota. This is Sean from California. This is Scott. This is Kiki Rocha. This is Amber. This is Lindsay from Jackson, Mississippi, and I love my BFG. I love my BFG. I love my BFG. Love my BFG. I love my BFG. I love my BFG. I love my BFG. Especially on a red Jeep, because red Jeeps are sexy. No. I hope I'm not too late. <laughs> Who did you pay for that one? <laughs> no, no, no. The guy, the guy shows up. He's delivering Tony's pizza the other night, and Tony just like shoves the mic in his face. And here, say this, <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> So, uh, who wants to do the honors? Tammy, you're not saying anything. You want to do the uh, start with our our first winner. Okay, the first winner of the BFG backpack is Donovan G. And congratulations, Donovan. The second winner of the BFG toolkit is Donald K. Congratulations, Donald. And the winner of a a set of... Drum roll, Josh. (laughs) And the winner of a set of five BFG tires is Tammy S. (laughs) No, I'm no? sorry. That's Aww. not the correct answer. Podcast no. shut down by the federal authorities for <laughs> cease and desist I'm coming out just of the woodwork. Kidding. Yeah. I love my Duratrax. Um, but the set of the five BFG tires is Casey D. Yep, and we have all your names and addresses, so we will be uh, sending that information to. Uh, uh, BF Goodrich, Brandon over there at uh, BF Goodrich, who you're supposed to call directly if you have any issues with uh, anything with BF Goodrich, because you remember he said on the uh, the interview he wanted you to do that. And uh, <laughs> so please uh, keep us up to date with, uh, you know, when you get these things. I would love to see some oh, yeah, pictures. We- 
Got to see some pictures on Facebook of this stuff. Got to see your Jeep with some new tires. Got We got to get a call from you. Let us know what you went with and everything like that and, and why and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, congratulations once again to Donovan, Donald, and Casey for winning our big BFG giveaway. Uh, glad for you guys to participate in that. And for all of the people who also called in and uh, who didn't win anything, well, you guys are all still winners in our book. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it that was so just doesn't have any prizes. I'm so sorry. much fun having you guys uh, <laughs> having you guys call in, and uh, we hope that's going to like uh, what grist, grist the mill, and you guys will call in and uh, ask your questions and let us know all the fun things are going on in your life. Uh, you got the number. Call me from around the world, <laughs> or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, we're back with another interview this week. And uh, we have Ryan Huck, who is a video content specialist slash host. Hey, hey, Tony, Tony. Hey, before you get further, uh, you, got, you got the red light on, right? Recording this time? Recording. <laughs> recording. Yes. Let's see. Hello, test. Yay. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yep. Yes, Ryan. Yes. Stop worrying. <laughs> You know, I, I should. I, I think I should mention this again. And Tammy, you were here, so you know that yes. last Ryan Huck uh, interview was the best ever interview that we have ever done. We're so it sorry, was. so sorry we couldn't bring it to you. And you know what? I couldn't get a word in edgewise. It was all Tammy. She did all the questions. <laughs> it was. It was a really good interview. I think that was on the Jeep Talk Colin show, wasn't it? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was on. Oh, okay, it was. It, it was, was on. this one. Yeah. That's probably like yeah. the first interview. So as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted, uh, <laughs> video content specialist slash host. He's been with Extreme Terrain for five years, and you can see Ryan Huck on Extreme Terrain YouTube site or directly on the Extreme Terrain website, which is extremeterrain.com. It's nice that you got a, that whole Extreme Terrain thing flowing on all those places, uh, Ryan. They should be able to find you. Yeah, it makes it nice and easy uh, for people. And I actually just started an Instagram page as well, uh, Extreme Terrain Ryan on Instagram. Uh, so we just came back from SEMA and we have all kinds of good pictures from the show. So if you want to check any of that stuff out, you can follow us over there as well. Now, I have to ask you, because uh, when, you know, when we were getting this thing set up, uh, I, it was like, uh, well, uh, I'm, ex I'm at, uh, at SEMA right now, but I'll be back uh, in time for the interview. Well, SEMA's not over, Ryan. Why, why such a short trip to SEMA? It wasn't just back for this interview, was it? No, no. Unfortunately, we just had a have a lot going on. A lot of videos uh, we're we're shooting and getting through all the new JL product right now. So uh, we definitely wanted to get out there. We wanted to bring all of our viewers a really cool video to show them everything that's out at SEMA. It's such a uh, aspirational place. Everybody wants to go, but not everybody gets to. So we wanted to bring that to everybody. So we got out there, got a video shot, and got back to uh, to get back to work. So real quick turnaround, but I was I was happy to be able to be back for uh, for the show as well. Uh, okay, that makes sense. I see why you went out there so quickly like that uh so uh how do they treat the talent out there did did, did they uh, pamper you did they uh, treat you nice uh, you know you don't want to upset the talent they're in front of the the camera <laughs> very very well yeah there were spa days now <laughs> 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 it's, it's a very fun uh a very fun show to to get to go to uh, we get out there. We especially when we were out there for really just one shoot day. Uh, it was a it was a nice long day. We were there for I guess a little over ten hours. I totally clocked, or I should say, in total, I clocked a little over twenty miles of walking. 
uh, in wow. that 24 hour period. So yeah, some of that was just walking up and down the strip afterward, having, having a couple of beers blowing off some steam. Uh, but a lot of it was at the convention center there. Yeah. Just covering as much as we could in that, in that one day we had. That's a lot of walking. <laughs> it was, I was definitely sore the next day. <laughs> so Ryan, um, I have a question for you. When I first met you, that was, gosh, back in, well, I mean, we haven't officially met in person, but it was back in, God, I want to say 2014, I was installing some Raxium off-road lights mm-hmm. on my yep, Jeep that, yep, that Extreme Terrain sent me, and the sales guy I was working with, I was having some issues, and he said, oh, hey, here, call this guy, Ryan, he will help you. And at the time, you were, I mean, I'm guessing you were just like uh, somebody that helped people with their installs and stuff. And now all of a sudden, you're the face of extreme terrain. How did that happen? Yeah, it was it was a, kind of an interesting transition when I started with the company. I was on the social media marketing team, so um, a lot of interaction with our customers over forums, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, putting up the posts, just talking to people. Had a great time with that position, and uh, we knew we wanted to start a YouTube channel. And in my existing position, I knew that if we started one, I would have a lot more really cool content to push out to all of our customers. So I was excited to get it started. They couldn't find a host. I tried out never thinking I would get the position, um, but it really it really worked. I, I have a lot of what is otherwise sometimes useless Jeep knowledge. So being in a position where I can bring that to people uh, through video was, was really a good fit. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been going really well for the last, I guess, a little over three years that I've been, uh, been doing this. So I had heard that it was uh, due to the trophy that you provided uh, showing that you were the winner in the Harrison Ford lookalike contest. <laughs> I've never heard that one before, Harrison Ford. Okay. I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, it was that or, or Angel, Angelina Jolie, so I went with the, the male counterpart. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, now, I, I, because we had did some, did some chatting in uh, email before the uh, before the interview, I know that you do have a uh, a couple of Jeeps, and let's let's start with the older of the two. Yeah, my TJ is uh, is 20 years old this year, which seems crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've had that Jeep since I started driving, uh, I guess, about 16 years ago now, which also seems crazy to say. Um, so yeah, my dad bought the Jeep for my sister initially when she started driving. Uh, she's a couple years older than I am. Once she bought her own vehicle, it kind of just sat in the driveway until it was my turn to get my license. And uh, I sort of inherited it from there. Um, it's been through two or three different lift kits now. It's it, pretty much on its final iteration of building. There's not a ton that I want to do to it. Um, so uh, some of the uh, the mods are a little bit more boring these days. I did uh, new door seals the other week, so that was a little boring. Um, but the next big thing that I'm doing is a big brake kit on it, uh, which is in the mail right now. It's desperately needed with the 456 years and 35s that are on it. So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting some more stopping power. But yeah, I, I love that Jeep and it'll, it'll always be in the driveway. I'm never going to get rid of that one. All right, Tammy, who's going to ask? No, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> Do you already know? I don't know. No, I don't, but I could guess. Ryan, the, kid, the kid's got to know what color is that Jeep. That Jeep is chili pepper red. Yeah, I kind of I thought <laughs> so from the last time we interviewed. Yep. 
uh, one of the things that we uh, that we heard there that was uh, that I had forgotten about. So good job, Tammy. Uh, Tammy uh-huh. was making a face when I mentioned the color. So yeah, of course you know that uh, black is the one of the wrong answers. One of the many wrong answers. Uh, the various shades of red are the well, one of the very few right answers, uh, Ryan. So thanks for winning with us tonight. I would agree with you. Yes, it's a, it's one of the best colors they put on the TJ. <laughs> so you actually uh, are getting a a new uh, a Jeep Wrangler to go along with that one. Are you going to keep the TJ? Yes, absolutely. The TJ is not going anywhere. But I uh, a couple of months ago I did pick up a 2018 two door two liter JL. Oh wow! And what color is it? That is Sting Gray. Um, usually not a color that I would have gone with, but I was excited to see one of the new colors that they released for the JL over the JK. So, uh, I figured I'd go with that. And I've always been a big fan of the bronze and gray color scheme. Uh, so hopefully once it comes time to put some wheels on that, there'll, there'll be a bronze and black wheel. So, uh, I think it'll look pretty cool. So, uh, you said two liter, so that would be the diesel option. That is a two liter gas. There is going to be diesel well there i should say hopefully there's going to be diesel they revealed it when we were out in la mm-hmm. um the motor options were going to be the three six the two liter gas the three liter uh diesel and then also eventually a hybrid um but then there was some back and forth about whether they were having some issues with the epa and the diesel so who knows right now i'll say it's still rumored um but yeah hopefully we'll be getting that it sometime in 2019 so you don't actually have the jl yet I do. I have my I have my two liter uh, two door. So it is the the two liter turbocharged gas motor. Okay, that was giving my next thing because I I was trying to remember what Josh had read in this week in Jeep about uh, the various uh, different motors that we're going to be able to uh, that you would be able to purchase in those things. And I was thinking the two liter was the hybrid. So, but but it is not a hybrid. It's the turbo version. What do you think about the power that you're getting out of it? It actually is r- some really nice power. Um, it, I guess it, it, to start off, it wouldn't be completely wrong to say it's a hybrid. It has a belt starter generator. So it's a what they're calling a mild hybrid. Um, so it's basically instead of having an alternator on it, it has a small generator. And when you're coming off the line, instead of it producing electricity, it spins the other direction and actually helps uh, by spinning the engine through the belt. So it does give you a little bit more torque off the line and it is a mild hybrid. But uh, between the belt starter generator, the turbo, um, and the eight-speed automatic transmission that's in the Jeep, it has a lot of power. Um, you know, Jeep's never going to be a race car. You never expect right. it to be, but it's definitely peppy. Uh, it gets up and moves, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it feels once we put some big tires on it and uh, and we put some gears underneath of it as well to go with those big tires. Um, again, with that eight-speed automatic, it really keeps it right where it needs to be in the in the power band. So. I'm not anticipating losing a ton of torque, a ton of power, and hopefully uh, still keeping some decent miles per gallon. So you uh, you know a, a Jeep 4.0. I'm assuming your your TJ is a 4.0. It is, yep. So you know a Jeep 4.0 uh, very well because you've driven one for a very, very long time. Were you mm-hmm. concerned at all about going to something that was so radically different than uh, what you're used to? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, that's part of the reason that I love the TJ so much is because it does have an old tractor motor in it. Mm-hmm. And I know that no matter what happens, if it were ever to let me down, which knock on wood, it hasn't, 
I can pull out whatever tool out of my toolbox and I can get that thing running again. And with all the computers that are in any modern car, it's, it's not something that you can always work on yourself. And that's something that I was a little bit bummed about getting something more modern. But once I hopped into the interior and I had my heated seats and my hearing, my heated steering wheel, um, a lot of that went away. And it's, uh, it's, it's very, very comfortable. Again, it's not something that I, I know right off the bat that I am not going to be able to work on it and do every little thing to it. There are some things where you just have to plug it into a computer um, and it's going to have to go to the dealership for. But uh, for the most part, the, the pros definitely out, outweigh the cons on that. So I'm going to switch gears again and go back to your job at Extreme Terrain. Um, yeah. I get to see a lot of these videos. I watch a lot of them. And my, you just seem like you're just talking. Are, are, are these scripted videos? Are you reading a teleprompter? Because I was in television news and all the anchors, they're reading what was written for them. So I'm just curious um, how that works with Extreme Terrain and your YouTube channel. Yeah, I've I've always just kind of been able to to wing it. I before I started in this job, I never had any experience on camera or or anything like that at all. Um, I knew I was really bad at memorizing stuff, so I always knew that mm-hmm. if I had to write, that wasn't going to work out very well. But luckily, just because I've had so many years on the forums, um, so many years of just talking Jeep with people online and in person, it came really naturally, and it's uh, it's worked out pretty well. That's amazing. You do a really good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's got to be fun to be playing with all the the new toys and uh, especially telling people about it. Do you you actually watch the videos uh, after you've done them, after they've been produced? I try not to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's where where I would be. (laughs) Yeah, it's always a little awkward watching yourself, listening to yourself. Um, I I will watch uh, some of the bigger content videos and and some of that stuff just to see how it comes together, especially something like the the SEMA shoot when you're out there shooting for 10 hours. You don't remember what you did in the morning by the the time the the evening rolls around. So it's cool to see those videos come together. Our editing editing team is amazing at at turning uh, what I do into a, a really interesting video. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, I'll watch them for the most part when they're the product videos that we're churning out a lot of. Uh, sometimes I just don't have the time. But uh, yeah, we, uh, the, the content videos are definitely fun to watch. So do you, are you, do you partake in the editing process? I personally don't. No, we have, we have a, a team of editors. They're a great team. I, I'm going to guess that we have seven, eight guys now. I'm, I'm even losing Holy track. Holy cow. Wow. So it's, it's, it's quite the team. Um, but they do a really amazing job when it's a, an event like SEMA where things are so timely uh, and people want to see it now because they know the show's going on. We actually right. um, will dump everything onto a, uh, a hard drive and we'll overnight it to the guys so they can start working on it before we even can catch a plane and get back uh-huh. here. Um, so, yeah, they, they do a wonderful job of turning things around and, and really getting out a, a really nice product. I would love to come to the studio's one day and just watch, just, you know, see how you guys put it all together. When I used to be in television news, we had big, huge cameras and three quarter inch tape and big light belts with, you know, for the batteries, for the lights. And I'm sure it's like a totally different scene now. It is. It's, it's a little bit different. We have a really beautiful uh, facility we just moved into in the beginning of the year. So I guess we're coming up on our, on our one year here um, in the new building, but it's really great. We have a really nice set, a, a few different sets actually that we're able to utilize. Um, some really great videographers, um, some some pretty cool uh, equipment, and some some pretty cool gear that we can use to to get some of the shots as well. 
And yeah, it's, it's been working out pretty well for us. We've had a really, a really good reception. Um, and the YouTube channel has been growing pretty quickly. So we're really excited about that. Well, the, the people love uh, getting the information about things, and uh, especially if you're talking about products that they're uh, on the fence about buying. It, you know, it's such a different world these days where normally you would walk into a place and you'd, you'd poke at it, you'd look at it, you go, you kind of eyeball it, move around, uh, and now it's all online. So anything that you can see to get an idea of the size and the quality, uh, I think that really helps people make their decisions. Yeah, and, and the really nice thing about working with Extreme Terrain is that they give me the ability to really give my honest opinion on these things. I've picked up and I've touched a lot of products from a lot of companies. I've installed a lot of it myself. I've driven Jeeps with a lot of these products installed. I've gone off-roading with them. So I do have a good amount of experience there. And they do give me the flexibility to say, if this product is for a very specific type of person, that I can say that. I don't have to go in there and say, this whatever is great for everyone. If you own a Jeep, you should buy one of these. Buy it now. Buy it today. If it's not for everybody, I can say that, um, which is really nice. And I think that that's also one of the things that has helped us grow the channel and and have it be something where people do trust us uh, because I'm not lying to them. You know, I'm, I'm telling them the honest truth about what they're going to get. If they order that product, it gets their house and open the box. They, they know what they're going to get. So have you ever uh, had a product that you uh, thought was so bad that you just told them, look, I, I can't review this. I, 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 there's nothing positive I can say about this. We should burn it now and then mm-hmm. uh, salt the ground that we, that we buried <laughs> it in. It has actually happened. It's, it's incredibly rare. Um, but, and honestly, I'm being completely honest that I don't remember what the product was at this point, but I remember very, very early. He was anticipating the next question. (laughs) I knew it was coming up. Uh, it was very early and I remember going to, uh, to Matt at at the time and just saying, Matt, I don't know what to say about this thing. I, I honestly, there's, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It's, you know, I don't know who would buy it. I I can't recommend it (laughs) because they understand, uh, the, value of the the trust aspect uh that we have with our customers and with our viewers on the youtube channel they were like okay let's let's pull it down off the site we don't sell it anymore and and that was that and moved on to the next one so um yeah that's definitely something that allows me to do my job is them being as open um and as trusting with me so that we can have that relationship with our customers so, you know, Tony, Extreme Terrain is a little over two hours away from me. Not that far. Uh, that sounds like the danger zone to me, Ryan. You guys should think about moving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on down, secret Come on down, bring the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to work that out one of these days. Yeah, so, absolutely. We'd, we'd love to have you down or our next trip up to Roush Creek. You should, uh, you should come up with us. Yeah. Now, I was going to ask you, do you uh, go to Roush Creek just for fun with your own I, Jeep? Yeah, I do. Not not quite as much as I'd like to. Um, you know, unfortunately, just it, it, I think like with anybody, life kind of gets in the way of that. Right. But I do from time to time get up there. Um, and I'm also very lucky to, to have a job where uh, sometimes I have to go up there as, as right. if they were twisting my arm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we actually have a trip planned uh, in the next two weeks. Uh, we'll be heading up for the day. Um, and at least two other shoots that I can think of off the top of mind that we're going to try and get done this year. Uh, so probably another trip off uh, weather dependent sometime in de- uh, December. Now, which when you guys go up there to do shoots, are you you're doing off road videos? I'm assuming. And what trails are yep. you usually taking? 
Um, it, it really depends on the video. Uh, we've done everything from let's compare a, a two-door JK to a four-door JK and what's better uh, off-road. So that was everything from running um, green trails up there, which are basically just dirt roads, all the way up to running some blacks, not quite reds, uh, which are obviously the, the more aggressive trails right. to really show what's, what's better on what type of terrain. Um, so it really depends on the shoot. We did a, uh, a snorkel video. So it was really comparing uh, different types of snorkels, really more of a good, better, best um, of our product line when it comes to snorkels for the JK. So we went up there and uh, and talked to Bruce, who's amazing, up at, up at Roush Creek Off-Road Park. And he helped us out, uh, pointing us in the right direction to some deep water. Um, and that day was just running back and forth between, you know, through, through a deep water hole. So really depends right. on what we're shooting. Uh, yeah, the nice thing about Rash Creek is it has a little bit of everything for us. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite that you like to? What tra- favorite trail that you like to hit? Um, I think it's it's probably more nostalgic than anything else. I remember one of the first times that I went up there uh, running Yellow Jacket. Um, that was a ton of fun to run in the TJ. I think it. I don't even think I had lockers at the time, um, but the trail also wasn't quite as washed out, so it was a little bit easier. I remember running it and. And I think why I loved it so much that first time was that my skill level and the build of the Jeep, the trail matched it so perfectly. It was it was just on the edge of what I could get through without having right. to, to a winch line. Um, so it was, it was an absolute blast. And I love going back and hitting that trail. And one of the nice things about it as well uh, is that it's always changing, specifically that part, a lot of Roush Creek, but especially that part in that trail. Every time it rains, it washes out a little bit, the rocks move, the dirt moves. So every time you get up there, it's a little bit different and you have to pick a little bit of a different line. So that makes it really fun as well. Let me ask no, you I'm going to have to try that trail. I haven't done that one. Let me ask you a quick question about the, the high water uh, uh, snorkel things you were doing. Uh, did you have any problems with the, the Jeep that you were doing this with, this testing? Uh, after the high water crossings, I mean, I'm sure you didn't hydrolock it, but, uh, I don't know, uh, what you guys may have done to, uh, keep the water out of the transmission and the other things. Were there, were any long-term issues with that Jeep? Uh, fortunately, nothing, uh, nothing all that major. Uh, the day of, after we hit the, the water a couple of times going slower, you always get a little bit braver and I started going a little bit faster <laughs> yeah. and, uh, just from the force of the water, I did blow off a couple of the flat fenders that weren't uh, clipped on properly, but uh, not the end of the world. And I guess it was probably, I'm going to say about two weeks later, it, it did develop a little bit of a squeal. I think it, it ended up just being one of the uh, the idler pulleys. One of the bearings ended up getting shot just by pushing so much water through it. It pushed mm-hmm. all the grease out and, and fried that. But uh, all in all, nothing nothing major. Like you said, no no hydrolocking, no transmission issues, none of the big stuff that you would you would hope to avoid. Was it an automatic or a standard? This one was a standard. Okay, yeah. Well, that's that, that's always a better a better situation to be in, at least in my mind. Absolutely, yeah. My uh, my TJ with the RH32, the uh, for those of you that don't know, that it's a three speed uh, automatic that they put in the early TJs. Uh, that has always had problems with water coming in. So I have that breather extended up pretty much as high as the differential breathers to try and avoid that because there was a time that I had to have the, the transmission flushed and I forget how many gallons of transmission fluid they had to put through it before it started out coming clean, but oh, it was a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that one time will teach you for a lifetime. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Ryan, when you know how the kids are, they love the social media. You mentioned a little bit of, uh, of it uh, at the beginning of the show, but let's, uh, let's circle back to that again and remind everybody where people can find you and extreme terrain. 
Yeah, absolutely. So extremeterrain.com is going to be uh, the best bet. We post all of our builds, all of our big content videos right there on the website. You can find them there. Uh, you can also go to youtube.com slash extreme terrain videos. That'll take you directly to our YouTube page. Or of course, just search extreme terrain.com uh, on YouTube. Uh, that'll have all of the videos, both product videos and content videos. And then as I mentioned, I just started extreme terrain Ryan on Instagram. Uh, and that is going to be a page that I started mostly to follow the build of my JL as we slowly get into that. You guys can see some of the behind the scenes stuff that doesn't necessarily make it into the actual build videos. So that's going to be really fun for me. Um, and I think really fun for, uh, for anybody who follows. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, I, I nearly forgot we have a little bit of a, a discount code or something for the listeners to, tonight, don't we? I We do have something. Um, this is going to... Yeah, I was looking. I was looking for it as well. <laughs> I was hoping that uh, that you remembered. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so we have a five percent off uh, discount code for all of the listeners, and that is clubs C L U B S G H S X two S, and that will get you five percent off anything on the website. Excellent. Well, that is just wonderful, and uh, we sure appreciate you being here tonight. And I think we recorded the whole thing, although uh, we may act like you, we we didn't record it. <laughs> yeah, you better have, Tony. <laughs> you think we should tease the audience, you know, when we go to play it? <laughs> yeah. Oops. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And I want to get you and Tammy together out there on uh, on the uh, the trails at uh, Roush Creek. And, uh, you know, we have such a good relationship with Extreme Terrain. Uh, and uh, we uh, we want to get at least one of our uh, uh, hosts out there uh, and you together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, anytime, Tammy, you want to come down, check out the facility, come up to Rush Creek with us. You are always more than welcome. Yeah, I'm um, Mark, I think his name is. He keeps emailing me all your videos, so I'm in contact with him. So I'll try to okay. set something up. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Oh, we got to give thanks to Ryan and Huck for being so kind and coming back onto the show to do an interview with us again. <laughs> and and don't, uh, don't worry, we got it. We got it recorded this time, obviously. So uh, don't forget, if you'd like to win any lift kit from Extreme Terrain for your Jeep, well, you can do that. Be sure to head over to ExtremeTerrain.com and enter to win every day for their latest giveaway of any lift kit for your Jeep. Really cool stuff they're doing there. Extreme Terrain's always doing really cool stuff, and especially with their new video series that Ryan Huck's been hosting lately. So uh, way cool to have him on the show again. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you work in the off-road industry, or maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Everybody's got a Jeep story to tell. We want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. It could very well be you. Hey, and maybe you're walking around SEMA right now, and you've got a 100-watt amplifier and a battery pack strapped to your back with two huge speakers on either side of your head blasting out the Jeep Talk Show for everybody to uh, right. walk by and say, would you turn that <laughs> uh-huh. shit down? <laughs> and, and God bless you if you are. <laughs> All right, so next week, Ryan Ward. And, and who scheduled this thing? We shouldn't have two Ryans week after week. That's know, just going to confuse Ryan's That's going to confuse people. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to get confused. So this is going to be a great interview with uh, Dr. Moab. Uh, he, uh, this is where he goes and uh, travels. He and a, a group of uh, folks travel across uh, the country 
I guess, I guess it was like 700 miles that they were doing uh, just back road stuff all the way to Moab and the 35th uh, anniversary of Naxja. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, we had the interview prior to this, uh, this trek occurring. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the interview after the trek and what all happened. And Ryan says oh. you're going to uh, not believe some of the stuff they went through. So UFOs or something next week. Maybe. Find Black Hawk Helicopter. No, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Uh, it could be, could be, could be anything. You have to tune in and find out. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'm out here with my chickens right now. All right, don't get your feathers in a ruffle. I'm going to tell them. Uh, Henrietta here uh, says that Tony, it's Okay, for the next 27 days, to use the turkey gobble sound effect without sounding creepy and weird. <laughs> He's uh, that's not why creepy I call. and I weird. Call to uh, thank the representative from B of Goodrich. I can't remember his name. That uh, was a very good interview. I, I learned a lot, and thank you for all the gifts. And uh, but I got, I, yeah, I know. I got, <clears throat> I got one problem though. His engineers are spending all their time and energy on strengthening the sidewall of the uh, tire. And uh, they're wasting their time. Anytime I've seen a tire go flat, it's it's always that bottom part that touches the road. But if they just concentrate their energy on that, I think they can make a better tire. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. Have a good one. Bye. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull pull the layer back a little bit, uh, move the curtain out of the way. Uh, you know, uh, Sir Craps a lot. Uh, voiceover has been uh, and the chickens have been done by uh, Nikki G's lovely wife Wendy, and I think she Aww. did a, a wonderful job uh, doing both uh, the chicken and uh, uh, Sir Craps a lot. <laughs> now those are actual chickens, folks. That's uh, just just giving Wendy a hard time. Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it? Well, in this age of rapidly growing technology, I don't know about you, but my cell phone is my everything. It's not just my phone to make calls anymore. My phone is my address book, my camera, my GPS, my alarm clock, my flashlight, my CD player, or depending on how old you are, my 8-track player. And it's my mirror and so much more. And as a society, we are never without our phones and they have become our lifelines. So even when we are driving in our vehicles, we want them close at hand. But now we should not do that for safety reasons and because of all the hands-free laws that are out there that's not allowing us to have our phones in our hands. So we need to mount our phones and our vehicles for a safer driving solution. So ProClip USA asked me to install and review their phone mount, which I recently installed a ProClip USA phone mount in my Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. And they offer three different styles of mounts for the Jeep Wrangler. And I decided to install the extra strength center mount. And this is going to allow for two points of attachment with two different, with a possibility of two different devices. Because when I'm off-road, as you guys know, I'm by myself 
And I want to be able to use my cell phone and another device for my Maprika app so I can follow along. And when I'm out on the trails, like I said, I'm alone and I want these two devices because it's going to make it easier for me to follow my map and take all the pictures that I want at the same time. And the great part about this ProClip USA mount is there's no drilling of holes into your dash or you don't have to take your dash apart. What it does is it clips right into the grooves of your dash right above that radio navigation unit and it's super simple and easy to do. And this mounting system is two parts, which allows you to customize your Jeep's needs. So along with the mount, I needed a phone holder. And the holder that I got easily attaches to the mounting device by four little screws. Now I have an iPhone 7 with a thin no-name case. So I used the adjustable holder for small to medium cases. And this is the favorite part um, the adjustable holder is my favorite part of this mounting system because I love how easily it slides the phone into the holder or how I can slide the phone into the holder. And it slides from the top and docks just right at the bottom of the notch. Now, a Jeep Mama tip. Before any install, read over the instructions. I know that's hard for some of you, but you must read over the instructions and look at the pictures before you begin. Um, this is a good idea before any install you do, and it's going to prevent you from having to redo any steps like I had to do um, because I was trying to snap my phone in to the mount instead of sliding it down. Anyway, this install, um, including the recording of it, because I did a video for Jeep Mama's Garage, which is on YouTube. Just search up Jeep Mama. So the recording of my video and the install took just 30 minutes. And following the instructions that came with the mount, it was super easy, straightforward. And also, I didn't have to search to find which product was right for me. They, ProClip, did that for me. But all their website is so trouble-free to search for the right product you need. You just select your vehicle and or device on their website, and it does all the work for you. It's super effortless. Now, once the mount was installed, it was time to see how it worked inside my Wrangler for me. And my phone was, I had it mounted um, in the, the mount section that was closest to the steering wheel. And it was in super easy reach for me. And it also swivels around so you can adjust it a little. And it was at the right eye level for myself. And just to let you know, it did not get in the way of the CD player when you push the button to get the CDs in and out. However, I don't use CDs anymore. And actually, I very rarely use the radio. Um, I use all the music I use is on my phone. Um, and I say this because the mounting unit does block um, a small portion of the top left part of the in-dash radio navigation unit. But like I said, I rarely use this unit, first of all, because it's way too hard for me to figure out. I'm really bad at technology and I prefer to use my phone. I'm familiar with my phone. It's easy for me to use. And if I do decide to use the radio, I usually set it up beforehand before I hit the asphalt. And if you did not know this on your Jeep steering wheel um, on the back side where um, you can't see, there's little buttons you can push and that helps you adjust your radio so you don't really have to touch your navigation unit. Anyway, I like 
I really like my new phone mount. I can't wait to find a mounting device so I can get another device for my Maverica. You can also check out my install video, like I said, on YouTube. I just go over to YouTube and search Jeep Mama, M-O-M-M-A. And my review is also on my award-winning blog. That's www.jeepmama.com. I'm glad to find out that uh, the beatings have uh, helped you remember the uh, award-winning part. Yes. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> it's They were actually not beatings, folks. It was electrical zaps. Tony has some sort of thing where, through Skype, it zaps me every time I forget to say that. Yeah, just uh, just when you thought it was safe to enjoy the uh, vibrating seats of the, uh, the uh, of the Mercedes, of the Mercedes, yeah, okay. zap. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not go there. Me and my big mouth, huh? <laughs> anyway, have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little about some events that are happening in your hometown around the nation, and in Wheeling, where? All right, Tammy, I'm not going to let it go yet. Uh, so I thought you were a Ram mount girl. You didn't uh, look at a Ram mount to do something like this, or there wasn't anything available? Um, actually, I have a Ram mount suction cup for uh, um, for my video camera, which I have on the, the, the where I put on the windshield. Right. I also have, if, on the center dash, um, there's like a little coin tray right. type thing there's a uh, a bolt or a screw in there that you can put a 67 designs mount with the i forget what it's called now anyway you can move this bar around and it has um a holder where you can put your phone i have that as well um but proclip asked me to try this out um they were sponsored the the review so I was testing it out, and I actually ah, like, yeah, I, didn't know I about like, that. yeah, I like the. There's a form you got to fill out before you can do that, Tammy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I like the holder. Um, I and I, I like, and actually, I can have three things now. Yeah, no, I just, uh, I know you had, yeah. a, you had a lot of good luck with the ram mount holding yeah. the camera. Uh, yeah. which, uh, you know, if you're going to, and it's not a little camera that you have on there. No. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a sizable thing. It's so, an old fashioned camera. Yeah. That's why I was, uh, you know, if, if uh, it's near and dear to you, you don't want that thing being broken. So I, I was just curious why you didn't uh, yeah. look at a Ram mount. I understand now it's a, uh, they, uh, they sent you a unit or something to, to bring right. no, I'm looking, exactly. I'm looking at these pro clip dash mounts. I'm looking at the, like the TJ and the XJ, uh, designs here. And I, I don't know that you couldn't mount a ram uh holder to these mounts oh. um it looks like you know uh, they so they have they have two different product lines here i don't know if that came out and what tammy was talking about they have the 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 holder for your cell phone and that that just holds the cell phone they have uh powered versions and non-powered you know that charge or don't charge your your phone um but uh, that's just the holder it that itself only holds the cell phone and doesn't mount anywhere on your vehicle. You then have to buy the vehicle-specific mount to go along with the uh. device-specific holder. Um, so then you you put the two pieces together, and that creates your your system. Um, now the the holders themselves they vary. The mounts all seem to be right about the thirty dollar mark. So very affordable <laughs> uh, for something that gets you you know a, a custom cell phone location mount without having to drill or anything like that. So I really like the the angled dash mount that they have for the XJs and the TJs. Really really cool stuff. So 
uh, I might be looking a little bit more into this. So what you're telling me, Josh, is uh, I've been looking at getting a 3D printer for about $300, highly <laughs> highly reviewed <laughs> on Amazon. And, and I'm uh, going to be sending you uh, vector files endlessly. And all I have to do is print uh, 10 things, and I will have made my money back on uh, on holders. So if that's the math you want to go with, more power to you. I mean, $30, you think $30 for something that, that I don't know how they're a, making money on this. I, because these uh, okay. things look like they're pretty well made. I, I just I think $30 is, is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, yeah, Tony, yeah, you, you think $5 is a lot. You know, I do. You know, that and that's funny. You mentioned about the phone. Uh, you don't, uh, that you use the, uh, you don't use CDs. And I was thinking, uh, talk about eight tracks. Isn't it funny how yeah. things change so damn quickly? So rapidly, I know. I'm still using my cassette player uh, in my Jeep. <gasps> oh, jeez. Well, it has a little adapter. A anymore. It has a little, a little adapter a that you can uh, plug the uh, plug the little thing that comes out of it into oh, the, here, the phone. Here's something funny for y'all. Uh, so I, I don't own a single cassette. I, there probably is not a single cassette under this roof, but I do have a laser disc. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, not a Laserdisc pl- player. I don't have any kind of collection or anything like Aww. that. But, uh, uh, but I think it was, uh, is it Flash? I think it's the original Flash on, on Laserdisc that I have as kind of a collector's item. So I yeah. keep going to eBay looking for a reel-to-reel uh, tape uh, unit, and uh, mm-hmm. eBay, oh. eBay keeps logging me off. So you know, that's I should funny. take that. <laughs> the reel-to-reel, that's what I learned when I went to radio television broadcasting school. Um, it was mainly on how to be a DJ, and we had to write our own commercials and um, record our own commercials. And we had to record them on reel to reel and edit oh, wow. them with, oh, I with think like I told tape? you guys the blue tape. Oh, I and you yeah, told you guys that before. Yeah. <laughs> you cut it and put it in a little thing and put yes. the tape on it. Yeah. The yeah. splicing. Oh yeah. Cause you had to mark it with some, I think some special pen. And the way so, God intended yeah. editing to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, pretty cool. These phone mounts, by the way, it's not just for Jeeps. It's for any no, vehicle. No, yeah. no, so, no, of course. Yeah. Uh, but but, uh, but I, think, I think that uh, a Jeep is a good torture test because for a mount to stay mm-hmm. connected to something, right. after, you know, the G's changing as you're doing things right. off-road. That's that's the one thing that I was curious about. I mean, the 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 mounting, um, the way that these things mount and everything is really cool. I'm just kind of curious to how secure that's going to be off road, driving down the road, doing your yeah. average commute in a pothole here and there. I'm sure it's fine. You get onto a washboard gravel road, well, things are going to change real quick. So I'd be curious to see what Tammy's uh, final final uh, uh, predictions are about this thing. You get to right. keep that, or you got to send it back, Tammy. It's mine. All right. Well, we should be able or to hear more. Or maybe in the I'll. Maybe I'll do a giveaway. I don't Send know. I like it. With extreme prejudice. This thing sucks. <laughs> right. No. Um, I'm, I want to get another device um, for Maprica. I love Maprica, by the way. That's such a cool app. Paprika. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Nate. Oops. <laughs> So we started campfire side chat a little early tonight. <laughs> yeah, really? Before the intro, but oh well. Forgot to <laughs> forgot to the fire. We had a campfire last night for Halloween. I had a little sanctioned um, or uh, <laughs> um, well, it was a the neighbor's a house fire. Just lit yes. up. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I brought out our old um, kitchen table. We have one of those high top tables, so I brought it brought it out in the garage and I set up a little bar and I was giving away adult treats. Our whole driveway was full of parents and we had kids 
my husband set up, we have a one of those portable screens, movie screens, and we were playing Young Frankenstein, and the kids were watching Young Frankenstein, and the adults were testing out my Tammy treats. Nice knockers. I love that. All movie. I got out of that is Tammy's providing alcohol to minors. Uh, it's colored. No, it's no. colored water, Josh. She's only licensed <laughs> yeah. for colored yeah, water. Exactly. It's, it's apple juice. <laughs> I accidentally one kid asked for some water, and I grabbed the lemon drop I had made, and I'm like, "Oh no, I can't give this to him." <laughs> but it was it was a good time. Josh, My, I'm, I'm very disappointed in you. You lost no, I, you lost two batteries before, and seeing in the show notes, you're you're trying to lose another one. Yeah, no, it's it's been a couple of weeks since I've driven the Jeep, and I was just thinking as we're as uh, you know going through the show notes tonight, and I was like, you know, maybe I should go out there and start that thing after the show tonight. It's been a little while since it's uh, since it's been ran and driven, so uh, yeah, I got to go out there. I'm gonna go out there tonight and start it up, let it come up to temperature a little bit before I go to bed, and and uh, turn it all off. You know, that reminds me, uh, what's going on with Old Smokey? Old Smokey, uh, the 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 endlessly stolen vehicle. No, that one's gone. No. I'm talking about the new one yeah. that smells like smoke so bad. Oh, we we yeah, actually had yeah, no, so I got rid of that. I got rid of that smoke. A lot of uh, I stripped oh, the did. the old crappy oh, tint that was on the window that like a blind fourth grader had installed when they were drunk. <laughs> I, it was ridiculous the tint that was on this car. So I, I spent a spent a weekend and stripped the tint off of it. I tell you what, I I swear to God, the the people who owned this car before me, I don't think had ever washed the windows or detailed it or anything in any way you could take a credit card i i I kid you not you could take a credit card and scrape the goo that was on the back window Uh, it was so thick that it was i I, it was literally coming off as a paste as i'm trying to wash the back window what it tastes like what it tastes like was it sweet no so here's the other thing (laughs) so it's weird because the, the 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 smoke on that tent that had its own kind of very unique, wonderful smell to it. Um, and then as you're as you're stripping the tent off, the glue once it hits the once it hits oxygen releases this other smell to it. <laughs> and then you have to strip the glue off the window, and that requires alcohol, you know, isopropyl alcohol. And so you know you've got you've got this whole conglomeration of these just horrific smells. It took me two days to get that crap out of my nose. I, I it, like it singed the nostril hairs. I kid you not. It, it was so potent that and it took me all freaking day. An entire bottle of uh, of window cleaner, an entire bottle of of rubbing alcohol, uh, a, a couple few razor blades, and and a heat gun. It's I mean it was just quite the arduous process. But after uh, you know for breezing the hell out of the interior, vacuuming the living you know what out of it, getting all that tint off, washing everything down, and doing a detail on it myself. Oh, it smells great. You know, uh, I've seen this on uh, like CSI uh, uh, shows and stuff where they take the, uh, the it's not, uh, what is that stuff they put in their nose? It's it's like. Uh, um, uh, like the menthol from the morgue or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just stick that in your, your, Vicks, your nose Vicks cavities. Vicks vapor there. rub. Vicks vapor yeah. rub. Thank you. Yeah. That's what you should have done, Josh. You just like it was yeah. a crime scene, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I had the rubber gloves on and the glasses. I, you know, was. Uh, like a like a, an investigator, but uh, but no, I was uh, glad to be have that all done and over with. Now at least I can see out of the windows at night, so that's that's a good thing. The one picture that uh, that you you shared uh, with us, uh, it looks like a really nice vehicle. Uh, it just really just the smell was the biggest problem. 
Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's got, I mean, it's not perfect. You know, it's a 2002. It's, it's, uh, it's got a few miles on it. Um, been around the block a few times. Uh, I'm not the first owner, obviously. Uh, and the people before me didn't really take care of it. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's, it's a better car, uh, at least newer vehicle than, um, than what I was driving previously. And of course, um, it has the anti-theft, uh, protection, uh, built into the keys. So, you know, chipped key and all that, they can't just, uh, steal it out of the driveway, at least not as easily as they could the last vehicle. Um, and it gets good ma- gas mileage. So it's, you know, I, it's, I'm not driving the Jeep, uh, to and from work, you know, 40 miles each way. So, well, it gets around, it's been around the block a few times, but at least it didn't come with a kid. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, well, we were doing the show. I was searching on the internet again. We are doing the show. For, oh, son of a I bitch. know. Exactly. <laughs> so, Wouldn't you I know just, it? <laughs> I know. I, I'm multitasking. So I found on Quadratech's website this POR15. Oh, yeah. So I wonder. And I thought they you used that. I thought you tried no, that. Oh. I have no, I have not. I've been long over the years uh, touting the, the benefits of, of POR15 uh, and the, their product line uh, for, for uh, treating Jeeps, painting. Uh, uh, you want to you paint the entire tub of your Jeep. You're going to use Pore 15 uh, for that sort of stuff. So um, there, there's a few other products that I've that are along similar lines that I've talked about uh, quite a bit. But yeah, Pore 15 is one of them. Now, is that a paint? I mean, because it looks like it says you they have Por Pore 15 Marine Clean, and then they have Pore 15 Metal Ready. Well, I mean, you paint it so, on, but I don't think it's technically a paint. Well, so, so Pore 15, uh, P-O-R-15 is a brand name. They have a product uh, line um, uh, that, okay. that is, uh, there's, there's, they have like a bed liner type of, uh, of product. They have a, um, uh, just a regular paint. They have a rust um, treatment kit. Um, I mean, they, they've, they've got a number of different products that okay. are all, you know, automotive industry focused. Okay. So I just need to find the right yeah, you P-O-R. just need stuff it's not, the, I don't just rust. say I want some POR15. I need to get that brand specific rust stuff. Right. Anti right. rust now with Febreze. Yeah. You no, need I, this I, they've got a couple, and I, they, I think they have a couple different items that are along that, you know, use this for rust, you know, category. And I, they have one right. that's like a two, two or a three part kit. Um, right. where there's like a, there's like an activator and like a paint and something else. I, I can't remember exactly. It's been years since I did any shopping for that sort of stuff or, or have had to use it myself. So, um, but yeah, do some research, look into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's highly recommended. The stuff has a great reputation, uh, and it's been used for years and years and yeah. years with a lot of success and, and, and high reports from a lot of people in Jeep community. So I've read uh, poor 15 on a lot of posts on forums. Oh Yeah. Or I could do the wiki how to do anything. It says I could use an onion or vinegar or a potato. Great if you have vampires. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make a stew afterwards. Right. There you Ooh, go. So Jeep stew. Yum. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. Nothing too exciting here. Uh, so I ain't got nothing here, but I'll, I'll mention something that, uh, when you were talking about bedliner, uh, and how some people bedline the, uh, their tubs or their Jeeps and even mm-hmm. the outside, um, yeah. it, it got me thinking about this picture that I saw on the social media, uh, that, uh, somebody had, uh, uh I, I'm not sure if it was at SEMA or not. My feeling was that it was, um, but it was a, a lifted, it looked like a CJ, um, but the 37s probably and a good size lift on it. You know, you'd look like your basic badass uh well done jeep 
And then yeah. I started reading some of the comments there on the post, and uh, there was comments like, yeah, but it's not street legal. Yeah, but you can't do this. Yeah, blah, 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 fake Jeep, blah, 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 blah. You know what it was? It was that Indian-based Jeep, the one that's being sued. Oh, uh, the Mahindra. Jeep, the Mahindra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody had, like, it looked like 37s. It might have just been 35s because, you know, it's not a very big Jeep, but they had really done up this thing. And I had to look closely at the grill to tell that it wasn't a Jeep. Wow. Yep. So if you guys haven't already seen that uh, that picture out there, just do a little search on the, I guess, lifted or he- uh, heavily modified Mahindra. And uh, it, it was really cool. I, I could not tell the difference. And, you know, maybe Jeep's got a point. <laughs> sue, sue those bastards because they're, yeah. <laughs> they're making it look just like a Jeep. Well, hey, do you guys want to join in on the campfire side chat with us? Crack a beer, pull up a chair. We'd love to have you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out all the ways that you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Hey, now let's get into some events from around the world and maybe even your neck of the woods. And let us know about your event. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our wheeling wear form. We're going to get your events out here on the air. Uh, coming up here November 9th through the 11th, the Overland Expo East is happening at the Reef Ranch south of Asheville, North Carolina. And we have the Unlimited Off-Road Show. This is a big one. December 1st through the 2nd at the Coming Fairgrounds in North Metro Atlanta, Georgia. If you'd uh, for, like more information on these events or any others that we've mentioned here on the show, visit deeptalkshow.com website for, well, this episode or any of the others. Check the show notes and we'll have the links there for you. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to like and friend us on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Uh, hey, Jim Bob, hold my beer. I'm going to try some. Podcasting since 2010. Hey, not ready for the show to be over? Well, we can understand that. Now you can hear more Jeep Talk Show goodness by installing the Jeep Talk Show app. Just go to Apple or Google Store, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that install button. Not only will you have the latest episode, but our entire library of shows. Plus, and only on the Jeep Talk Show app, you'll have access to bonus content. Look for the bonus content icon on the Jeep Talk Show app and hear what goes on after the interview and after the show.